Boy, we really did a good job of making the uh, final hour of the show a cluster yesterday, didn't we? Thank you, TJ. Thank you, Drake. Everything good, though, for the gimme zone? Oh, yeah, we're good. Everything was good for me. I'm literally in the middle of something, and, and you and I are texting, and I'm thinking to myself, it's pretty unfair for us to do. For me, me, not, I mean, obviously, you had, you'd, you had an interview that you could always do those interviews on the air, Josh, unless they are exclusive for the give me zone, as Arnie would say. The give me zone. I am all in on the, this Ari Wasserman article right now. In fact, I would – and by the way, if you weren't with us yesterday, I had to get out early, so Josh and Connor were going to do the final hour. And then Connor had something come up, so it was going to be Josh and Drake. And then Josh had something come up, and it ended up being, what, Drake and TJ to wrap up the show yesterday? That is correct. Ah, well, we're back. And there's no – I have no more distractions until my summer vacation. No more trips. There's, there's a road trip to Wichita. We're going to do a show live from Tulsa on – Wednesday of next week, so yeah, we got a we we got a big week. No more, in in the words of Bill Belichick, Josh, no more days off, no days off, no days off. I mean, you got all kinds of high school craziness coming up, don't you? Uh, for a couple more weeks, and and then on that summer grind, let's go. So I am all in. No lead off. Patty Gasso is slated to join us. Um, she said she was going to come on at ten this morning. Um, I'm just waiting for confirmation on it from her. I know the schedule's kind of crazy, so we'll get to that. Uh, Draymond Green was suspended for a game. No no shock there. There wasn't I – don't, I don't know. Are we still obsessing over everything Draymond Green does? It's going to be the talk of the of the debate shows. I <laughs> I don't think he should – I don't think he should be suspended a game. You know what? I didn't really either. But I'll tell you why I think he got suspended. I think he got suspended because he jumped around the court like an idiot afterwards. Yeah, went over to the bench area and, and was yelling at the stands. And do you know who was there? Adam Silver was at the game. Yeah, which in <laughs> he's probably not particularly thrilled with that decorum. I right. got you. So that, that's what I think. That's what I think. But, but anyway, we'll get to it, right? I've got a um, – I, I still feel like, Josh, you and I haven't had a chance to really have a, J, a Jalen Hurts conversation this week, and, and it's wild how when you um, – it's really a situation that I can't figure out how he's become this. And that might sound like the most arrogant, meanest thing you've ever seen heard, but I'm just telling you right now that this guy has become that from what he was his freshman year at Alabama to even what he was during his one season at Oklahoma. And he was really good. I'm in awe. I, I'm, I've, I had a, a buddy of mine say it yesterday. Working with him yesterday afternoon, and I think I'm going to start mirroring slash mimicking it, Josh. I'm out of the business of doubting Jalen Hurts. I'm out of that game. Um, Take my name out your mouth. Oh, wait, it was my wife's name. I'm taking the name of Jalen Hurts and anything negative out my mouth. I just, it's, he's too impressed. So we've got to get in there. I've been, man, I have watched a lot of Dodgers games this year. I was all in last night. Did you see how good Kershaw looked? Um, by the way, I will add this, Josh Helmer. The uh, the TBS broadcast on Tuesday nights, TBS Tuesdays, I used to not stand Bob Costas. Used to, I, I could not 
stand him. And I'm watching the game last night, and I'm enjoying myself. Now, granted, Clayton Kershaw was dealing, so I didn't have to deal with the smarminess of Mr. Baseball knows everything about everything. But I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm in on TBS Tuesday nights, and I'm in on the Dodgers. We'll get to it. What else? I feel like I'm leaving something out. Oh, uh, spring ball. We can still have more reaction. I, I went a little deeper last night. I, I did something I rarely do, talked to a few people about Jaden Davis to get their take. We had a college baseball game last night that didn't necessarily go the Sooners' way. And we're getting set to head to Waco after the show on Thursday for the Sooners' return trip to the place that handed OU its only loss of the season. That and your takes, Riverwind Casino jackpot line at 405-329-9000. You can always hit us up on the text line at 405-651-3439. And Josh and I are overly active on Twitter.com at Josh on Rep. I'm at Plank Show. So real quick, before we dive into this thing that I'm stuck on, do you have a good uh, Monday night? All well? Good news? Good spirits? Everything's good. Good. It was a, a nice Monday. And how about yourself? Might have been the greatest day of my life. Really? Yeah, I'm just not even kidding. It's almost as if I didn't want to go to bed last night. Maybe that's why I was up watching the Dodgers game. We, uh, Like I told you, I, I snuck out and played some golf yesterday afternoon. The golf is terrible. Well, for, let's go back even further. I thought you and I, going back to our roots, doing two hours yesterday, I thought we had a damn good show. I, felt, felt good? Felt I felt normal? I felt really, even though I wasn't here and I was at an undisclosed location, it was good. Um, and then I, I got to go play golf, man. Got the trails, and I know, that, um, I know that I'm terrible at golf, but my brother, I got to play with my brother-in-law, so that was great. Then when we got done, got a phone call. I was like, hey, we're going to dinner with Matt and his family. So we went and ate dinner in Oklahoma City. I allowed myself to have dessert. Oh, my gosh, it was so good. They have these things. Have you ever had a whiskey cake at, whisk, at um, I don't know the name of the restaurant. I think it's whiskey something in, in Oklahoma City. Had a whiskey cake, Josh. I have not. That sounds good, though. It was ridiculous. So that was great. And then, like I said, I set up. No one bothered me when I watched the Dodgers game. Got your riding done? Got, dude, I got the riding done. I got the riding done right as we got off the air <laughs> yesterday. So I hope, Lindsay, if there's any misspellings or anything, I tried to do all my due diligence in being thorough. Got all the information I needed from KJ. Josh, it was just a perfect day. So I'm, I'm here to open up the air comfort solution or the text line and really screw it up in a second. I'm going to go look and see what's on everyone's mind off the top. Oh, hope you had a good day. Oh, I did. Yeah, what did Porter get anyone out of the portal during your good day? So I'm here to try to match the excitement of Monday on a Tuesday. So Ari Wasserman, let's start here this morning. Okay. You know me and my feeling on Cruton rankings and things of that nature. It takes someone much much, much more dedicated than me to follow through and, and, and have the spreadsheets and everything that is necessary in order to do the job well. Parker's incredible at it. Um, but I, I could start checking off all the guys that are great at it, but I won't waste your time. I, on the other hand, terrible. I don't understand how they come up with this, um, how many people are truly watching, what's the – 
what's truly in the DNA and what's in the resume of the guys who are putting together these rankings. It's just it's like, well, he's a four-star. Why? Had a guy in Georgia to watch him, said he was really good, so he's four-star. I know it's more in-depth than that, but in my mind, that's what I hear. So with all that said, Ari Wasserman went back, and they did a project with The Athletic. And the goal was, this sounds just like something I would want to learn. Which schools are best at developing NFL draft talent? Now, before you say, well, the schools that get the five stars or whatever, this dives deeper in that. Who is with, and and they've got a percentage number on there too. Mitch Light was involved in this, David Ubbin as well too, so they got themselves some research nerds. But Josh, they dug into 11 years of data to find out for three, four, and five-star prospects which schools had the highest percentage of prospects drafted. E- okay. easy, easy enough, right? Gotcha. So they used the 24-7 composite rankings. This is just kind of the details behind the, the reasoning. They tallied the total three, four, and five-star project uh, prospects signed at each of the 65 Power 5 programs from 2009 to 2019, and then how many of each star rating were drafted from 2012 to 2022. So they gave them that, all right, so you signed in, a, in 2009. Let's give you that first season, 10, 11, and then what would be your senior year? I think that's a pretty good way to do it. The top and bottom 10 look like this from five-star to the NFL draft, the team that was best at producing drafted players from the five-star players they signed was? Based on percentages or just based strictly on number? Percentage. Because I'm going to tell you right now, the team that's number one has signed six five-stars during that stretch. The team that's number two has signed 16. And the team that checks in at number five has signed 44. So – they put the percentage on it. But number one, so knowing that's a low number, I, I'll give you three guesses. Well, no, I'll give you three clues. Knowing that the number of five stars signed during that stretch is low, okay? I'll give you three clues, and you tell me if you can guess it. Okay. Right, ready? Because it's not Alabama. It's not Bama, because Bama is, one, two, three, fifth on this list. Yeah, because they've got the 44 five-stars. 44 five-stars signed 30 of them drafted for a whopping 68.2%. Which I would say is a pretty nice little percentage. But neither here nor there. Looking back, I, I, I want to pause for just a second. Did you have any problem with the, the way that they use the time frame and using the composite rankings for this? No, any of that number? no okay, I think okay. that's good. Okay, good. I'll give you three guesses. For the number one team, six five-stars signed. Five of those five-stars were drafted. Oh, that one guy. Pac-12. Okay. Pac-12. Um, a, a coach that, has, that is no longer with them, that was with them through about that whole stretch, and probably most recently – Baseball-wise, came through Oklahoma. Yeah, there you go. So, Pac-12, coach that was Stanford. With, ding, ding, ding. Was it was the baseball? Yeah, oh, yeah. 
I kind of panicked there for a little bit. I was like, I can't say tree. That's too easy. No, yeah, that, that would have given it away. All right, so obviously that's kind of a bit of a outlier because it had six. And to keep this in mind, there was a, there was a certain number that they had um, because it, you had to sign enough five-star prospects to qualify, to qualify right? Yeah. And 11 schools – because the number that you had to sign in order to qualify was five or more. So Stanford gets in on six, mm-hmm. right? But 11 schools, Washington, Iowa, Michigan State, North Carolina, Louisville, Pitt, Mississippi State, Virginia Tech, Arizona State, Oregon State, and Kansas State turned 100% of their five-star signings into draft pick, but didn't sign more than five in the last 11 classes. Gotcha. Do you know the last five-star for Iowa? Does it jump off the page at you? Uh, Xavier Wampa okay. is the most recent five-star. All right, so at 916 on the Plank Show, here is the top five from five-star to the NFL draft. Stanford, Clemson, Texas A&M, Miami, and Alabama. Now, again, there's a lot of kind of BS outliers on here, right? I'll give you a for instance. The um, the team that is number four on this list is Miami, as we just mentioned. But they only had seven five-stars during that stretch, right? Five of them turned into pros. Penn State is on this list. They only had six five-stars, turning four of them into pros. So it's like, eh, okay. So if you take out those two outliers, or three outliers, your, your five would be Clemson, Texas A&M, even though it was just eleven. Texas A&M had 11 five-stars, turned eight of them into draft picks. Alabama, Florida, who had 18 five-stars during that stretch, and Ohio State. If you took out Penn State, Miami, and Stanford. How many five-stars did Ohio State sign? 23 during that stretch and turned 13 of them into NFL draft picks. 15, 15, sorry. Do they have it ranked by just sheer number of five stars that each school signed? I think we could probably figure this out. I'm pretty sure looking at this, Alabama, it was Alabama. Georgia. Alabama had 44. Georgia had 34. Then I'm gonna Florida State actually had 27. Oh, okay, wow. So where does Oklahoma rank? Let's talk about it when we come back. Because there's one area that's gonna make you angry, but then there's another area that's probably gonna make you go, okay, makes sense. It's the Plank Show. Sorry. <laughs> My bad. Welcome back into the Plank Show right here on The Ref. I was going to grab Josh's coffee, and it wasn't done in time. Oh, no, it's going to be another late night tonight. Kings Oilers. What a series that's been. Lakers take it on Memphis. Let's go. I'm fired up. Uh, last night's Suns-Clippers game was a good one. Suns pulled away late, 123-109. Probably a must-win situation on that front. Evens the series at a game apiece. Also on the, I guess you could say, newsy front. The, I'm telling you right now, I'm starting to, I'm starting to think the Hawks may be in trouble in this series, Josh. I don't know what is, I don't know what's giving that away. Or maybe, maybe it's just a situation where the Celtics are kind of a wagon right now. But Boston beats Atlanta 119-106. That series 2-0 Boston. Cavs even up its series with the Knicks 107-90 in the NBA playoffs. Tonight you get a nice little, what do we got, triple header? Uh, triple header. Lakers-Grizzlies, 630 on TNT. NBA TV tonight for Heats and Bucks. Uh, Timberwolves and Nuggets this evening as well. And last night, 
Tough one for the Sooners as they fall to Oklahoma State in the first Bedlam game of the season. Is that right? First Bedlam game of the season? I think so. It is. Did you mention that the the Suns got even? 19 to 8. Yes. Yes, I mentioned that. 19 to 8, the Sooners fell to Oklahoma State as the Cowboys put seven runs on the board in the bottom of the eighth inning to take what was a tight game to kind of blow it a little bit open. Um, Also, in the softball world, before we pay off this tease, Josh, the Wichita State Shockers did it again. They beat Oklahoma State in Wichita last night. So, I don't know what we're walking into uh, here in a couple of days, but that was – that's impressive. They've now beaten Oklahoma State twice this season, and they did it in extras last night, 3-1. to one. Also, speaking of upsets last night in college softball, McNeese State beat LSU 4-3. to three. Um, No, other, I don't think there was any other action in the Big 12, and the Sooners, of course, will be back in action on Friday. Ooh, Wichita State up to 25 in the most recent – does that update regularly as far as the RPI is concerned? Do we know? They should climb up even a little bit more because this says through April 17th. When you beat the number three team in the RPI, I think you're starting to knock on the door of potentially hosting a regional, Josh. You should be in that top 16 conversation. Secondly, um, real quick on softball, just let me get this screenshot out of the way. There's no excuse for games like that not being televised. That's an area where there's still work to be done in softball. And I get it, right? This is, I saw Joey tweet this last night. But you're in a situation now where, yes, there's a lot of NBA responsibilities on ESPN and others. But, I mean, I think a game like that deserves at least ESPNU. Well, and I, you can talk about, well, they've got NBA responsibilities and they've got this. Okay, cool. ESPNU was re-airing the third game of the Ole Miss-Missouri series last night. And there's nothing like live sports. I mean, this gets me back to when I was angry trying to follow NBA games on NBA TV, Josh, and they're re-airing their Red Zone show from Sunday on a Wednesday night. It's like, come on. Was it on ESPN Plus? It may have been, but I'm just saying, to me, it's something that belongs. Even if they're on, I don't know how easy or hard this is, but if you have an ESPN Plus game that features two ranked teams, I think that I would maybe think about moving that game to ESPNU instead of re-airing a game from Sunday. That, by the way, wasn't even really that close. It, I will never understand the ESPNU scheduling model. It's like, hey, we got an open spot tonight? Yeah. Why don't we play that week seven game between Virginia Tech and Virginia? Everyone seemed to love that. It's like six to two was the final score. What? All right. There's just somebody, I guess, that really wants old broadcasts being repurposed. That, that want an old broadcast being repurposed. That's not even like a classic game. That is just and a final score from Columbia five to one. Missouri wins. You're like, what? What are we doing? What are we doing? All right, so we're in the midst of something here. There's a quick look at the headlines. It's Plank Show on the Ref. Uh, if you want to jump in, 405-651-3439. That's the text line. Here you go. Oh, it was the OSU game. I'm sorry, in Stillwater last night. I thought it was in Wichita last night. My bad. Uh, Stillwater was the previous game. I didn't realize they were playing there again. Okay, my bad. My bad. So, Josh, 
let me tell you something. This is going to be enraging to some people. From five-star to the NFL draft, this work that Ari Wasserman has done over at the um, over the Athletic. Stanford had the highest percentage of five-star signed to five-stars drafted. But it's a little bit different because they only had six five-stars signed than drafted. All right, so Holy had six five-stars signed, while the second-place yeah. team, Clemson, had 16. So that's it. We gave you the top five, right? Stanford, Clemson, Texas a and Miami, and Alabama. But if you want to kind of step back a little bit, uh, you could probably take Stanford and Miami out because they only signed six and seven five-stars, respectively. Um, Clemson, A&M, Alabama, and Florida, who were in that top you know, six, had signed 16 for, for Clemson, 11 for A&M, 44 for Alabama, and 18 for Florida. You get the gist. The five worst five stars to the NFL draft, the bottom ten. Number one, Texas. Texas. Texas has find, uh, signed five stars during that stretch, 2009 to 22. Uh, 17 five stars. Only four of them were drafted. Oh, my goodness. That is wild. So it's did I give that number right again? 11 years of data. 11-year stretch, so it's um, 2019 to 2022. Well, that's not 11 years. It's 13, but they started 2009 and went to 2019, so they can give me the idea of the full they thing. They did 10 the, NFL the drafts. drafts. There you go. Thank you. Um, Texas was number one. 17 five-stars s- signed. Only four of those were drafted. Number two, Oklahoma. 12 five-stars signed, only three of them were drafted. Followed by Auburn, who had 13 signed with only four drafted. Tennessee, 10 signed, four drafted. And Notre Dame. Does it uh, talk about what happens when players transfer? Do you still get credit? No, you don't get credit when they transfer. So if Caleb they... Williams, Spitzer Rattler will not count toward Oklahoma's total. Right. I do not believe so. I do not believe so. So so, and, are, they, so are they just wiped from the numbers? But, but again, they're not in this mix yet because they haven't been drafted. So maybe going forward, you know, that's a little new. I haven't got to listen to Ari's podcast about this, and it doesn't really explain it. But it basically says um, which schools have the highest percentage of prospects drafted. Um, and they tally the percentage for each school. Um how many of each star were drafted for 2012 to 2022. So, in other words, they started looking for 2009 to 19, 2012 to 2022 uh, drafts. It doesn't say in here, though, how they decided to gauge transfers, which I would assume once you transfer, then that is a guy that you didn't get drafted. That's what I'm assuming now. So, what it, it's two coaching staffs. Right, so it goes from from Coach Stoops into Lincoln Riley. The wild thing to me is so let's. Do you want to do looking back at the? Do you want to look back at the sure. two thousand and nine recruiting classes and really have some fun with this? I don't know about you, Josh. I just I feel like that Oklahoma. If you go back to two thousand and nine. And we're using the 24-7 recruiting classes. I feel like they've just, they had a really 
bad run of five stars who never materialized. Jamarcus McFarland. And Jamarcus is a great dude. A great dude. But he never developed into what anyone thought he was going to be. Right? That's just the reality of it. Um, he was good. He was really good. But he wasn't five-star. I don't always have because I know that Jamarcus is coaching and has a great career going. But Jamarcus McFarland, there's a good one. Sooners did not have a five-star in their recruiting class of 2009. Brandon Williams, does he count? Because he transferred. Trey Matwire, big miss. Big miss. And, in fact, that's my – that's always like my big warning about people that get too carried away about the spring game. I watched Trey Matoire have one hell of a spring game, and everyone's talking about him. Jay Norvell's talking about him, and boom, nothing. So you kind of get, I just, I feel like during that run, and Caleb Kelly's in that mix of that run, right, of five stars. Keith Ford was a five star recruit. If you go by the 24 uh, 7 composite rankings, it's not like they were. It's not like there was a lot of dudes that I think found themselves in trouble or anything off the field from the five stars. I mean, one of your guys on there was Joe Mixon, who was a – what class is that, Josh? Is that 14? All right. Joe Mixon was a five-star in that 2014 class. So he goes as one of those five-star guys that even though there was a few issues – well, there's a lot of issues away from the field, he ended up being a home run because he was, he was a drafted player. About to get a second contract. Yeah, somewhere. But guys like the Caleb Kellys of the world, the injuries held him back. The Jamarcus McFarlane, it never really became what you kind of thought it might be. Keith Ford, Brandon Williams just never really developed. It's just, just kind of had a bad run there, Josh. I can't think of any other way to put it. It sounds terrible to say, and it's not excuse-making, but. Well, if there's a lesson to be had. excuse-making. If there's a lesson to be had, you got a better chance to get two out of three right than you do one out of one. So, just real quick, their one takeaway that they had, or I shouldn't say the one, the major takeaway that they had as far as five stars, choosing perennial playoff programs is overrated. Even though it seemed like they have a pretty high percentage. Oh, Bray Walker was a five-star? Oh, yeah. Really? Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, The magnetic attraction of elite prospects to Alabama, Ohio State, Georgia, and Clemson Recent fixtures on the sport's biggest stage is undeniable. And while choosing these schools might mean reaching the playoff, it does not correlate with a significantly higher chance of reaching the NFL. Now, I would push back on that a little bit because, I mean, the the number is so small for some of the other schools compared to, say, a Georgia and an Alabama and an Ohio State that I think that's unfair to say, well, you can just go anywhere. As a five-star, and you're going to – it doesn't matter. I kind of think it does. And if you're using Stanford as your bell cow, Josh, they only signed six five-stars. And, again, I don't know how else to put this, but Oklahoma just had terrible luck with five-stars. Now, before we get too carried away, was anyone else that kind of jumped out on you as you were going through there? I mean, Caleb Williams is obviously going to be drafted, but I I don't know how they would consider that. I don't know how they would look at that. Here's where Oklahoma really gets some shine, though. We'll we'll hit – four stars maybe on another day because Josh the best program in college football of turning four-star prospects to NFL draft picks is Baylor Baylor had 29 four-stars sign 
and 11 of them drafted. Again, a relatively low low number, only 37.9%, but still the highest in college football. Here's where Oklahoma shines, Josh. Oklahoma shines in developing three stars to the NFL draft. Since 2009, boy, this number is going to make some people mad. Oklahoma has signed 135 three-stars. For comparison's sake, is that a word for comparison's sake? Mm -hmm. That is more than Penn State, Stanford, LSU, double the number of three-stars signed by Ohio State. Three-stars I've come to understand y'all don't get too riled up about in the recruiting world. Fair assessment? Yeah, that's a fair assessment. I mean, to give you an idea, Oklahoma, as we said, since 2009, into the 2019 recruiting cycle, 135 three-stars signed Ohio State during that stretch, just 68. But of those 68, Ohio State had 14 drafted. So they have the highest percentage of turning three-stars into NFL players. Oklahoma is in the top five at 18%. Again, it's kind of hard, Josh, to get too in the weeds in this because I, no one that's around during this stretch of these numbers is with this program anymore as a head coach, right? Bill Beanbow has been there for a minute. Is that it? That's it, right? DeMarco Murray is still relatively new, but relatively new. He's going, is he going into his fourth season already? Because his first year was COVID. So 20, 21, 22, 20. Yeah, he's going into his, his fourth season. Fourth season. Um, so I don't know how much you can take and, and look into it. Maybe more than anything else, it is an indictment even further over what had happened on a development side from the moment Bob Stoops left. Maybe it is, if you want to look at it that way. Maybe for some of you, you want to dig deeper and say, that's a problem that's been there for ages. But I, Well, under this scenario, it, it dates back before Riley. Exactly. Exactly. It goes back to 2000. And I see you guys in the, on, the, on the text line right now, and you're right, you know, because I brought up how it just seemed as if Oklahoma has been kind of cursed with five stars over the last – ever I mean it was who was the last five star that really worked out for Oklahoma there's there's sir I'm sure there's somebody Joe you, Mixon Joe Mixon but e- even with Mixon right sure yeah. there was the issues to start with if we're talking strictly football though if we're talking yeah Mixon would be it because I see you guys right uh Camo Sooner wasn't Jeremy Calhoun a five star the 918 Josh Jarbo uh um, Jimmy and Duncan wasn't Mo Dampier a five star bust? Yeah, but again, we're starting this with the 09 recruiting class. But your those names, those names, Josh, they kind of magnify to you just how the five star history for Oklahoma isn't necessarily one where they were home runs. But, yeah. I also, by the way, have not gotten a, a dozen five stars that Oklahoma signed since 2009. Yeah, me neither. That's where I was. Yeah, the 24 seven sports composite. So I don't know. I don't know where they're getting that from. Ari and company screwed something up. Um, 
Where's who's? Well, Jessica Baines only softball. You cannot have her for football. We gotta have a numbers nerd, isn't there? Where's Stoops Bros at? Don't they see something like this and their automatic reaction is BS, and they start diving into the numbers? But you look at the highest rated signees for Oklahoma of all time, and Adrian Peterson is number one, right? Number two is Rhett Bomar. And I like Rhett, but a great flameout. Um, number three is Caleb Williams, who didn't finish his career here. Number four is Jaden Hazelwood. Tommy Harris is there at number five to save us. And then Demarcus Granger and what, Jeremy Calhoun? So, yeah, it's just it's two out of six guys in the top recruits you've ever signed working out is ah, it's frustrating. So, yeah, and, and by the way, Caleb Kelly was a five-star. Yeah, we mentioned him. We mentioned Caleb being on this list. It's just – I don't want to say – Jackson Arnold, P.J. Adebarre, yeah, by you, the way. And you had, had two, jumped in at seven and eight. Oh, there you go. So, you already see that the number of five-stars coming in and growing. R.J. Washington. R.J. Washington. You know what – Class of 2008. You know what I always remember about R.J. Washington, Josh? First one out of the tunnel. Always. First one out of the tunnel, R.J. Washington. <laughs> There's some names there, right? Hey, look, you, you pull Chris Patterson. Chris Patterson, 2004, linebacker. I'll tell you what, when Chris Patterson gets in there, look out. It's a weird, sordid, almost controversial history, I would say, with Oklahoma and five stars. And the hope is now that's going to change. Look at that list, Josh. Look at that list. That's wild. So, oh, Marcus Walker. Well, Marcus Walker's pretty good. I don't know if he was five-star, but I like Marcus a lot. My personal biases are coming in here. Yeah, I'm not coming up with that many five-stars for Oklahoma from the composite rankings. Yeah, they, they screwed something up. Anyway, uh, it's a good read. We kind of went through it. I don't know if there is a deeper conversation to be had here, Josh, because, again, it's it's so old news now in the eyes, I think, of Oklahoma fans. Because you just mentioned it in Jackson Arnold, Peyton Bowen, and Adebare, you've got three guys that are already in those composite rankings in the top ten of five stars that Oklahoma has signed of all time. That's wild. Maybe maybe it's is it lower than the top ten? Is it the top for, eight for Peyton Bowen? He's fourteen. Oh, for, okay, three the top but, fourteen. Thank you. But uh, Jackson Arnold and PJ Adabare are in there. Okay. By the way, for um, just we didn't take our bottom. Of yeah, the we got to take a break. I'm sorry. I I told you guys I started reading this when the show started. and I got all in on it, and it's really good. But it's fun. It's it, it's worth looking at. It's it's worth checking out. All right. It's a uh, big it's, day. It's time to take a break. Well, yeah, yeah. We are we are 13 minutes late for a break. Brian and Casey are going to come in here and choke us out. It's a Wednesday on the Plank Show. When we come back, we'll get your reaction to it next right here on the Home of Sooner Fans. All right, it's the Plank Show right here on the Home of Sooner Fans, the ref. Did you, uh, did you catch we got a big guest coming up with us at the top of the hour? A big guest, you say? A big guest coming up at the top of the hour. Now, who could it be? Patty Gasso. Oh, let's go. The head coach of the Oklahoma Sooners will join us live. Let's see if that's going to work. I'm tired of having to go through my Twitter feed 
And if you try to tweet a picture and you go back somewhere else, then it always, your tweet disappears. It's like, where'd a tweet go? It's gone. Because I was trying to check the Listen Live link. But now I realize you can go to kref.com slash listen, and you'll be able to find us. Mission accomplished. How cool is that? Uh, Do you uh, need me to email you the Listen Live link? I've got it. It's just every single time that I go to copy and paste it, the tweet that I'm creating disappears <laughs> into the ethos. To the, like, the draft section or no? It doesn't even go to the draft section. I feel like it's some sort of bug that, that Elon has to figure out. You want to get some tweets, uh, some texts here real quick before we catch up? I'm sorry. Yes, I, let's do just that. I, I hope if you don't have an athletic scholar, or if you don't have an athletic subscription, I mean, I'll, I'm going to do everything I can to really go through this and dive into it. We'll get Ari on. Do people like Ari? I like Ari. Do you like Ari? I don't dislike Ari. Okay. Well, if I have I'm a little on, bit confused how he got the numbers wrong, but there, there you go. then that's what we need to dive into. We'll get him or Mitch Light on the show tomorrow to talk about. It. It's a fascinating conversation. Um, but this is really, this is really good. Uh, Broken Arrow Fat Boy writes. I just got back in my car, so I'm not sure if you mentioned the wonderful defensive back, five star extraordinaire named Buki. Yeah, I. They didn't have him as a five star in that composite ranking, though, did they? No, they they did not. He he had just missed out. And but. and again, I would imagine that it wouldn't count as a favorable one for Oklahoma, obviously, because a, not only did he not get drafted, but be transferred. Which, by the way, did that really happen? Did he really transfer and go somewhere else? But or did I dream that? He did. Yeah, he, he went to Washington. <laughs> um, it's pretty good here too from. The nine one eight drafted, sure, but how many went to the NFL? Maybe that's a nuance to it. Um, I kind of, think I would imagine most that most of them either at least got a cup of coffee or an opportunity. But that's a great question. You know, they they were going through one of the guys that had just signed. Gosh, I want to, I want to say that it was with Miami. I mean, you think about. I, Sometimes we we feel like we're we've had bad luck. Oh, here's their breakdown of Oklahoma. Oklahoma had two five star backs, Keith Ford and Brandon Williams, transferred to Texas A and M. So obviously the transfer part of it does dock you. And receiver tw- Trey uh, Matuire was dismissed from the program after an indecent exposure charge, and they spelled indecent wrong, didn't they? Maybe. Uh, linebacker Caleb Kelly was a freshman, All-American, but his career was undermined by a trio of knee injuries, and offensive lineman Bray Walker started just two games in five seasons. No SEC team had a worse rate of converting five-star prospects to pros than OU in Texas. Uh, and here's here's the other thing. I was talking about guys that have issues. So Texas A&M is very high on the list of developing five-stars into pros. Uh, but they point out a top prospect becoming a top pick is far from a guarantee. Trenton Thompson, the number one prospect in the class of 2015, signed with Georgia but went undrafted after leaving school early in 2018. So those count against you. And there was someone here that was, I believe, a Texas A&M signing that unfortunately was charged with murder. So that kind of that kind of hurts the old uh, opportunity yeah, that's to not great for the draft stock. It's like. Oh, he he got a speeding ticket? No, no, no. He got parking? No, no. Murder. Uh, capital homicide, punishment. Yeah. actually. 
Anyway, they do with it what you want. I thought it was cool. We're a big recruiting station. I'm sure the guys that are smarter than me will be all over it. Patty Gasso coming up in 10 minutes on the wrap. All right, welcome back into the Plank Show. Got to be quick here. We went a little long, a little long. Patty Gasso is coming up next. It is a Wednesday. I, <laughs> I left the show early yesterday, so I feel like I might say it's a Tuesday two or three times during the show today because I am such a creature of stupid habits. I also found out today, uh, Josh Helmer, that my drive is really long. If I go and take my kids to school, it's a 40-minute round trip or a 40-minute trip to get in. This kid's got to start riding the bus. I'm too soft. Is that what's wrong here? Am I too soft as a father that I won't allow them to just ride the bus? I don't know. Only you can answer that. The answer would be yes. Uh, if you missed it last night, got a little out of hand for Oklahoma in Stillwater as the Cowboys put seven runs on the board in the bottom of the eighth inning. They beat, uh, they fell to Oklahoma State 19-8. to So the Sooners will look to get back on track in Austin this weekend against the Texas Longhorns. Softball-wise last night in Stillwater, Wichita State went on the road and won an extra innings. Uh, again, 3-1 to one over Oklahoma State. Also in the top 25, McNeese State upset LSU. Let's go in-depth on the softball weekend ahead. Patty Gasso joins us next right here on the Home of Sooner Fans, the ref.